0: Ladies and gentlemen, in just a few moments, we start our daily broadcast.
1: Who listens
2: to radio? That go-where-you-go medium called radio? That's with you every night through the long commuter fight. And in the morning with your Toast and mar- Good
3: morning. DJ and PK. It's 97.5. Welcome into the show. It's Tuesday morning, a week from Thursday. we got local football, Utes and Cougars. We're nine days out now. We're into single digits. Let's start off with a guy who's an interesting story for the Utes this year. Matt Gay is gone. He did a phenomenal job for a couple years. He's off to the NFL. Andrew Strock, at least for now, has been named the starting kicker. We'll see if he can hold on to the job. But it looks like he's going to be the starter and uh, get the first field goal attempt, the first extra point and all that stuff as BYU and Utah kick it off. Here he is with PK on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So we found out you won the kicking job, huh?
2: Hopefully. There's still, there's still some time left uh, just to lock everything and make sure we're looking good going into next week. So did they make an announcement? How would you find out? I actually found out after the media did. Um, Coach Witt came into our meeting and said I'd be, uh, as of that day, uh, the kicker. Um, but obviously a lot can change. We've seen that happen in the past, especially at this school. So um, it's a competition every single day. I mean, we have incredible kickers here. So there's you cannot have an off day. It's a consistency.
0: So you obviously know the history then, how Matt Gay. Didn't win the job and then took it after the first kick and went on, is now in the NFL. Is that one of the reasons why you want to come here? Because you're aware of the history?
2: I knew there was an opportunity and I knew um, how respected the special teams unit is, and I wanted to play, be a part of that, and just. Be able to come here to the University of Utah where this team, it's special teams first. And Coach Wood will tell you that every single day. And that's what I loved when I came on my uh, unofficial here um, and I was sold there. So, yeah.
0: So, what did they tell you as far as as you just get a shot to compete?
2: Yeah, that was kind of the, my main thing is I knew with my experience that I'd be able to definitely compete with anybody in the country. So, I, I wanted to make sure I picked a spot where um, I'd fit. And uh, I definitely think this is a spot where I fit in. Can I say you handpicked? This spot is that accurate? He's definitely number one on my list from the beginning of my journey. So I'll say that. Is that largely because you knew Gabe was leaving? I knew I knew he was leaving, and I had reached out to him and talked to him throughout oh, this. Yeah, I actually reached out to him after the season, and then actually I got to kick with him uh, over the summer a few times. So it was um, very beneficial for me to be able to learn and just watch what he does and his his presence. So he was quite the kicker. Uh, Still what, is, yeah.
0: Yeah. What uh, what did he tell you that you were able to pick up on?
2: Well, he he's he definitely has a different approach to kicking than a lot of guys I'd say and he's very um, do what feels comfortable to you and so he's not gonna he wasn't telling me to force anything that's different so um, it was just be myself and have fun doing it and make sure I'm doing everything to the best of my abilities.
0: So it seems like you got a good grasp on it. it's almost uh, I don't know what, if I, I don't know if I can go to this extreme but kicking is almost
2: kick by kick in terms of competition so it seemed like you understand that. Yes sir I mean in the kicking world we always say it's not your last kick it's your next kick is is uh, how well someone should determine you by so it's always your next kick not the last one what do you think your range is I felt pretty comfortable 55 and in, um, but given a circumstance, I feel like I, I could push it closer to 60. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously that situation won't come up, but um, very often. But um, I definitely, I definitely feel like I have the leg strength to be consistent from 55. Is just locking it in, making sure that technique and everything stays the same because every kick's the same kick no matter where you are on the field. Any altitude factor into it? Actually, I haven't noticed too much of a no? difference coming from coming from sea level at UCLA. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, I haven't noticed too big of a difference. But um, I mean. The ball flight's a little different, but uh, distance-wise, I haven't seen too much of a too much of a change. You're
0: a veteran guy, so this opportunity here is pretty sweet for you. Uh, how
2: much do you appreciate the opportunity to seize it? Oh my gosh, um, I'm I'm forever grateful to Coach Wick, Coach Shaw, everyone who was involved in this process, because bringing in a grad transfer is not easy. Yeah. Um, so I, I I owe them everything, and they gave me a chance to compete, and hopefully I I'm gonna perform to the best of my abilities and make them proud. You don't get a tune-up, you get the Cougars right off the bat with 64,000 people, I and mean, that's got to get you going. Yes, sir. I mean I've gotten to, I've, fortunately I've gotten to travel and kick in front of 100,000 people at Texas A&M, Oklahoma, my time at UCLA, and I actually got to play at BYU, um, travel and be at just in the atmosphere. Okay. So um, I'm, I've seen it, I know what it is, and. Uh, would expect nothing less for them to be loud so accurate
0: to say you feel about as confident
2: as you've ever felt as a kicker I feel smooth and that's I think for a kicker feeling smooth is feeling confident so yes yeah
0: and how about the expectations, given the fact that you're trying to follow
2: probably the best kicker they've ever had? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I would say you can never follow in someone like Matt Gay's footsteps. It's only performing the best of your abilities and to even be compared slash thrown into the conversation of trying to mm-hmm. be in his footsteps puts a lot of pressure on somebody. And um, for me, I've learned that you, can, you can't be someone else. You have to be yourself um, and have fun with what you're doing and make sure you're locked in, focused, and enjoying the moment. So that's what it really what I've been trying to do over the last few weeks.
0: So down there in Westwood, they were uh, rebuilding, obviously, with Chip Kelly. They're not rebuilding here, and you know, even a right. Every kick is magnified. How do you handle that pressure?
2: Like I said earlier, it's it's always your next kick, not your last one. So it's a uh, you have to have very short term memory as a kicker. So. Um, I feel like that's that's how I've been able to separate myself over this last week and kind of build my own confidence slash smoothness, as I say. So, and let us know how you officially pronounce your name, uh, Andrew Strau, Silent C H. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, and you go by Andrew. Yeah. Coach well. calls me Andy though, so. Oh, that's what, that's what <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah, that's that's
0: uh, I didn't know because I've heard uh, I it. I've think heard that, him say I think it.
2: that was a Ben Lennon thing. He's uh, he just said Andy one day and it kind of stuck. Oh. So, um, not mad about it. My past <laughs> three coaches have called me Andy, so okay, I'm, so I'm used not, to it. Yeah, I'm kind of used to it at this point. But uh, yeah. All
3: right. Well, thank you and good luck. Yeah, I appreciate it. There's Andrew Strock with PK, the Utes kicker. How is Andrew going to do? Pretty intriguing. Uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna hear from the Utah and BYU coaches, Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham. Stay with us.
1: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's
3: 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. A little more than a week to the season open now. Nine days till the Utes and Cougars meet for the 100th time. Let's start with a trip to BYU practice. Here's Kalani Sataki. Kind of
4: getting down to the nitty-gritty. Are you yeah. going to break camp after the
2: scrimmage Wednesday?
5: Um, we've kind, of, we kind of already. I mean, that's, uh, you know, for what we're preparing. we've pre- been prepping for the game anyways. And got a good jump start on it. I think we've got a mixture of um, what we're doing in camp and then, and also um, scouting uh, Utah. So that's I think uh, I don't know. If there's an official like bell to be rung when you break camp, but yeah, I think this is a uh, we're, we're kind of transitioning now to getting ready for the game. Three weeks, uh, just going against each other. Has there been any sort of wall today? Just nope. It was a good day today, and it's uh, you know the, the 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 great part about it is the players and the energy. And the um, things that we're seeing from the leadership group—I mean, uh, it's just, it's a, there's a bunch of leaders on this team, and, and uh, they've been, they've been uh, doing a great job of getting the energy up. And uh, when, you, when you're going through the schedule, it can seem kind of the same thing over and over again. And uh, they, they've added some new things all you know, daily, and so it's been—it's been, it's been a, a refreshing with this camp and with this group. Do you
2: feel like this year's camp has gotten a little bit better, maybe more energetic, or, or just? just i mean more accomplished just because of the continuity with the players and the staff and not having to work in a new offense and that kind of thing do you feel like you've maybe accomplished more
5: that's probably a big part of it i think there's everyone's familiar with it and the schedule with each other it's not it's not um you know it's not so brand new as far as the players trying to get to know the coaches and the schemes um the same same speaking the same language so yeah there's some truth to that and um, but I also have to give a lot of credit to the players and the leadership that we're seeing from these guys in the beginning in January, you know, since, since the bowl game ended and we worked and went through our off-season, our winter conditioning, and then we went through our spring ball, and the off-season summer conditioning has been all all about football and the, and the, the leaders... Uh, basically showing us the way and, and taking taking ownership of this team has been really nice to see and that's, I think that has a big part of it, although I think them feeling um, comfortable with the scheme and with the coaches, that, that's that got to have a factor in there a little bit, but the, the players is a big factor, part of a big part of it, There's a the major impact of it.
3: Is Zach Wilson's arm and shoulder kind of where you want at this
5: point? Yep, they will be ready. they will be ready. they haven't been saying that the entire time, yeah, so we've I think we've uh, seen a lot of improvement and, and a lot more. He's uh, feeling a lot more comfortable with with his throws, and um, the goal is just for him to realize that the game's not this week; it's next week, and just to stay on it. I think he's done a great job. He has some really great mentors and people that can help him along the way, and um, you know I think the coach has done a good job at keeping him focused on what we want to get him done for the day, and uh, he's been able to lead in other ways besides just throwing the ball and being on the field. Any update on we with Yeah, he's close. I think he was here today to go through some of the, um, the he has to go through that acclimation, the acclimatization part, you know, so I think um, we should hopefully, I don't know the official part of it, but I, I'm really excited I hope to see him soon. So he has to wait the five days to go Yeah, well, the he guy. wasn't in, f- in full pads because um, he has to kind of go through the two days of the, of, of getting kind of, you know, they, they, the school does that, it's NCAA rules, but. Mm-hmm. So, we keep all the rules. Make sure that uh, that we're going to go through the two two days of them getting used to it and then being in helmets, and then uh, away we go. So, hopefully, it'll be full go by Wednesday.
4: Do you think you would have found Tyson Williams without the transfer
6: portal?
5: Um, I think we wouldn't have found him without uh, A.J. Stewart and and Jeff Grimes and and the coaches. So, um, same thing with Soup. You know, those guys did an amazing job at, at, at looking at the needs that we had for this team and um, you know, I've been really impressed with Lopini Katoa and the way that he's working with those other two and uh, they, they're a really strong group right now really close group so uh, I'm just thankful that, that we were able to get them here and, and get them through the portal you know, allowed to bring them into the campus and that you know, our admissions were able to get them in the school and that um, I, I appreciate the master's program that, that took a chance on those guys and get them in the school because I think they'll do some great things in the classroom and also on the field.
1: What
4: effect do you think overall on college football the transfer portal has
5: had? Oh, it's, it's great for us, you know. So I, I think um, the biggest concern are the guys that don't have anywhere to go. I think they probably just rethink some things if they want to leave. And, and um, I think attrition is always part of the game. Most guys will leave because of playing time; they want to play more. I understand that, and we've always been. Like I said, the portal was what I already believed in. I. Never um, held anyone back from transferring and kind of released everyone that wanted to. And the portal has just kind of made that available for everyone. So I think it's good for the kids, you know, for them to be at a place that they want to be at. So we'll focus on the guys that want to be here and they want to play here and represent what we represent and live the life that we have and, and go through the academics. And that's, that's our focus. So I think it's a very, very uh, helpful part of college football. getting
1: close
5: on the middle linebacker position figuring out the depth Yeah, we're close. I mean, I. We'll, get, we'll, have, we'll have one out for the game. I don't know which one it'll be, but I've been really impressed with, with um, Keenan Peely and Jackson Cafusi, Peyton Wilgar, those guys. They're doing some different things um, on the field, and so I, th- I think there's a, there's a role that all of them may have, and it's just a matter of who we feel the most comfortable with going into game one. That'll be the guy that'll take the field. And right now, there's, we've got some ore situations going on, and, and getting Kavika back he practiced today, so that, that that adds to the mix. I don't know if it makes it any easier, but um it's good that we have bodies that can compete. Is there any urgency to have kind of a pecking order in certain positions like running back or linebacker or even I think everything's just so it's it's every case is it's unique in itself, right? So um I think a quarterback it's important to have the guy that you know you're gonna count on to get the reps. But um, other places, I think you can kind of mix and match and, and do it by committee. Obviously, you want to have the best eleven on the field at any time, and um, I, I trust our coaches and our coaching uh, our staff to get the right guys on the field depending on the situation. And some guys are built for every every down situations. So, and right now, going into game one, we can be have show a little bit more tendencies because there are none to go off of the new guys in here, and the competition that we've seen from the guys that have developed in the last year.
3: There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. Now here's the youths head coach, Kyle Whittingham with the media.
4: So you're into to uh, kind of game prep mode. How did practice go today?
6: Went good. You know, it's always a, a lot on their plate. First day of school, getting into class and, and uh, getting into that routine, but I thought they handled it well. Light practice, uh, Monday type of practice, and tomorrow we'll We'll get after it to quite a bit more than what we did today.
4: Your defensive front—we've talked a lot about it through camp. How has it developed through camp for you, and, and is it everything you had kind of hoped coming into the season?
6: Yeah, so far. You know, we haven't played anybody yet, but so far, you know, based on practices and and uh, how they're performing, you know, against our offense, it's, it's very good. And we've got. Uh, you know, six tackles that we really like, five defensive ends, and that's a that's a lot of bodies. You know, 11, eleven deep, essentially, at, you know, eleven bodies that can play at the you know, front spot.
4: Leckie was named preseason All-American today by ESPN. When you were recruiting him out of high school, did you see this as his ceiling, or, or has he maybe exceeded where you thought he might
6: be? You know, he was a, a very intriguing kid coming out of high school. He was, you know, six foot five or six, whatever he is. He's only about 265 at that time, but... But we had an inclination that he was going to be special, and uh, you know, he just kept getting bigger and stronger, and in the meantime, didn't lose any of his mobility. He was just as agile now as he was back then, and, and uh, so I'm going to say it's not surprising that he's where he's at, but, uh, you know, there was no guarantee, obviously.
4: At least coming out of high school and now... I
6: didn't in the... say dominate, though.
4: <laughs> one and more, and then okay. I'll let like, whomever jump right. in. At least right. coming out of high school and now in college, are there comparisons that are fair between he and Haloti Nava?
6: Wow, I mean, you're talking <laughs> about a what 14-year NFL vet. I'm, I'm not, talking I, about high
4: school because you recruited Heloti and a pilot and and you saw him play in college. I'm not yeah. talking about pro career. You yeah.
6: know, I think the uh, the ceiling for lucky is is still way up there. You know, he hasn't yeah. reached it yet. Uh, you know, halote one of the best defensive linemen to ever playing the NFL. I mean, over a, a long period of time. And, so that's a, a, a some good company and some good, you know, a good guy to be compared with. But I think at this stage, to answer your question, there are a lot of similarities. But he uh, like has got a lot to work on, and, and he knows that. And, and if he continues, continues to have the, the work ethic and the attitude he has right now, and stay healthy, then uh, yeah, I think this guy's winning
0: number 14 national ranking highest preseason in this program's history i know you got to prove
6: it on the field but what does that say about how far this program has come to get that says a lot says a lot about uh, the national respect that we've been able to earn and uh you know it doesn't mean anything for this season doesn't help us at all i think it's more a a testament of what we've been able to do for the last decade and and uh you know it's, it's a good accolade for our players for our team but uh, again, it's uh, you know once the season starts, that's that's all in the rearview mirror, and, and it all hinged upon our performance.
0: Yeah, but how about the fact that other teams see that and there may be a little more juice for that.
6: Yeah, that's, that's another you know there's pros and cons to it, and that's another you know it puts a target on your back is what it does, and and uh, but that's fine. I mean you got a target on your back anyway because we won the South last year, so so I think that uh, it's not a, a huge factor.
0: I know you addressed this on Saturday, but is there a cooler thing as a head coach than to award walk-on scholarships?
6: That's among the coolest things. Yeah, if, you know, winning games, awarding scholarships to walk-ons is is, uh, you know, it's just, it's great to, to see these guys come into the program for the love of the game, the sheer love of the game, because they're not getting any, anything out of it monetarily, and to work hard for two, three, sometimes four years, and then finally get rewarded at the end after some, you know, a, a great deal of perseverance, that's that's very rewarding to see.
4: Has Jordan Wilmer's performance surprised you at all in fall camp?
6: Not at all. I You know, we... Study tape. I personally studied a lot of tape on him uh, in high school because we had some other backs that were in the mix that we were debating on who to really put our, uh, our, our efforts into and, and I just loved the kid in high school I and mean, I just saw him do things that were very special and very rare and so no, he hasn't surprised me at all, It's uh, what we had hoped for, he's exactly what we had hoped for. Is game prep, prep practice sharpen the focus a little bit more compared to the end of camp? I think so, because during camp, a lot of the time you just, you know, you hate to say it, but in survival mode, which you try to avoid. You don't want to be in survival mode, but the bottom line is that it's a grind, and uh, sometimes you're just trying to get through it. But now, you know, the, the game is in sight. And, I mean, what are we, 10 days out? And yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, it's right there. There's, you, you, you have the chance to, to really hone in on, on the opponent only. You know, there's nothing else going on but getting ready for your opponent.
7: Would it impress you to know that a team on this campus is opening the season at Clemson and Alabama?
6: That would impress me to know that. Who is... Women's soccer. Women's soccer, that is very impressive. That is very impressive. One of those dates. Uh, Thursday and Sunday. Well, you'll probably play both of them this year, right? <laughs> the soccer teams? No, 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 no. Clemson, Alabama. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens.
2: On yeah. um, the final day of fall you kind of mentioned that linebackers are still kind of battling. Uh-huh. Is there one accountable guy that you can sit here and say, "Yeah, he's doing this right"?
6: Yeah, we have five guys that we think are, are you know. It, it, getting to the level we need him at for. Well, first of all, the starters are right where we need them. as far as uh, Francis Bernard and Devin Lloyd. They've had an outstanding fall camp. Sione Lund behind him and Trenton Carlson; those next two are, are doing a great job. And uh, Andrew Mataafa was slowed by some uh, injuries in fall camp, but he's back now 100%. And then uh, Moroni and I, so those are the six that we're focusing on.
2: And Francis Bernard, I mean, last year he got a lot, a lot of playing time but not starting, and now we're leading to him to start. What about him makes him strong?
6: Well, he's got great instincts. He's uh, he's one of, you know he's, he's in the same mold as Cody and Chase as far as his football IQ and the way he approaches the game, his film study. Uh, he has a great deal of passion for the game, and uh, he's one of our best leaders. He didn't get elected captain. You know, if he would have been here probably for more time, he probably would have. But but uh, he is right in the same. Category, you're surprised as those, as those captains are.
7: Any on linemen 7 through 10? Say that again? Offensive linemen 7 through 10? Yeah,
6: uh, Simi Mawala would probably be number 7 right now. Um, who else is on you? Uh, Palm Miley probably number 8. And then 9 and 10 are still kind of jockeying for position. Have you made inquiries? I oh, don't know. Go ahead, Mike. How the offense is shaping up and just what Andy's brought to the offense so far? I'll, I'll tell you, the offense is, is very sharp right now, very few errors. Uh, the execution level is very good. Um, you know, the players really seem to, you know, I've said it over and over, they seem to have really bought into what's going on and, and they're all on the same page. They're, the attitude is great over there. The, the focus, the concentration I mean, you just see it in practice. There's you know, there's nobody that's not just locked into what's going on. So feel good about what we've done so far but again as in everything else throughout the program we haven't played anybody yet. What can you
2: tell me about Devin Brumfield and his progression since being here last year?
6: Yeah Devin is a guy that came in as a true freshman and, and did some good things for us and got some time uh, playing time and he's just taken another step this this uh, year you know it's starting in spring he's, you know, he's, he's got his body bigger stronger uh, he's faster and so he's a guy that you talk about a guy that is all business he is he's as hard a worker as we have on the football team and, and uh he'll have a role this this fall for sure
3: uh, how did you see orlando umana handle
6: that shift to center last year very well he, he's uh, a guy that uh really you know made a, a smooth transition to that he's a He's he's worked hard, and the, and the real difference is snapping the ball. You know, just the mechanics of snapping the ball before you're able to, you know, get in your assignment. And so, he's a guy that uh, we feel very good about, and has had a very consistent spring and a very consistent fall camp, and uh, we think he's uh, going to be a good player for us this fall. Speaking of
0: snappers, how's Keegan, Keegan doing for
6: you? Good, really good. Both him and Noah are doing good. We've got two really good snappers there battling for position right now. Keegan has the edge. How did you get him in the first place? He transferred from uh, a team in Michigan. I want to say Central Central Michigan. Yeah, Central Michigan. And he was just looking for a a place, uh, change of scenery, and sent us his tape. And, you know, he looked like he was a a guy that uh, would be in the mix. And and he's gotten, I'll tell you one thing, he's gotten a lot better since he got on campus. When he got here, he was pretty good. But now he's outstanding. Have you made any inquiries about uh, adding players to provide linebacker depth? Uh, we're having a school walk-on tryout this Saturday, which most everybody does something of, something of that sort. You know, in the first week of school, you get a chance for open tryouts for, for guys that are enrolled here at the U. You have to be enrolled. That's a stipulation. And so, you know, we'll certainly look and see if there's any candidates, but it's rare when you... Come away with somebody that can help you ride at least right away with those type of things. Any grad transfers who might not currently be playing who would be immediately eligible? Uh, not that we have our eye on. <clears throat> you never know. The transfer portal's got got uh, additions still. You know, yeah. each day. But right now, nobody that's uh, that we're honing in on. Have you picked somebody up in that tryout before? Like that stands we out. We have. We uh, have. You know, there's, there's been several through the years, but not in that particular one. We have two, spring and fall, and we have, seem to have more success in the one in spring than we do in the one in fall.
3: Kyle, I was talking to Britton yesterday, and he said he was a little frustrated that this summer he couldn't spend honing his craft. He was more about rehabbing mm-hmm. and getting back. How was his
6: situation? Do you feel like he's Oh, he's in a great spot sharp? right now. He's, he's sharp. He's, he's uh, you know, he's healthy, and uh, he's, you know, obviously he would have liked to have been you know, running the player run practices and all that all summer with the guys, but just wasn't able to do that. But but uh, we feel he's made up all the ground that he missed out on you know, due to the injury.
3: There's Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the Salt Lake Tribune's Kurt Cragthorpe, beat writer for the Utes, talking with PK and I.
1: Stay with us DJ and PK brought
3: to you in part by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to 5000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at homey.com. Time now to talk a little college football with Kurt Cragthorpe, the youth beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any iPhone X or 8 and get an iPhone 8 on us. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Kurt, good morning.
7: morning, guys.
3: Kurt, camp has broken. Now school has started and game week preparation has started. And you, you go up there, you can't see camp, but you talk to guys afterwards. Did you learn much? Did they learn much? Or you just got to go through the practice and get through them but don't pretend like you learned a lot?
7: Yeah, it's a weird phenomenon. I'll, I'll start with the premise that I don't, I don't know how much more I gained last year by watching 20 minutes of practice three times a week than compared to zero minutes ever uh, this month. Sometimes you get uh, false impressions or misleading impressions. But certainly I'm in a state where all I can do is go on what other people are saying, and uh, so I'm very eager to get some kind of evidence on August 29th and and mm-hmm. get to the flow from there but basically with with Utah they, they they seem to have some answers to the questions that we all posed on July 31st but but again until we see the product on the field there's some mystery there
0: I find it interesting you know Kyle's made a living out of being the underdog and then overachieving and this year, I'm getting your thought on it. It seems like, you know, the expectations obviously are sky high, but it seems like to me he's embracing them and he's talking up the team. You know, hadn't had a bad practice. You know, it's, it's the, the greatest this, the greatest that that, they'll, that they've had since they've been in the conference. So as I listen to him, it's all positive. Makes me a little nervous, but nevertheless, it's all positive.
7: Yeah, it's been interesting. I would say he has been pretty upbeat, and he still likes what he he still uses phrases like blue collar mentality. He was saying that's what he likes about this team. Saturday after the last scrimmage, and so I I think uh, what they've found is is kind of a good mix that they're responding to the fact that people are saying good things about them, but they also know that there's more to be done. I mean, they they did lose five games last year, so. They, they do need to uh, establish themselves again. But but this is a, it is a good starting point for sure. There's a, a lot of endorsing going on. and But, yeah, Kyle said he likes this team.
3: So do you believe the offensive line is really that good because they're going to want to run the ball a lot and they lost some offensive linemen who were starters last year? Have they got to put back together again, you think?
7: Yeah, I, I keep – trying to envision what's going to happen a week from Thursday in Pro Bowl. And the the offensive line is probably still the number one issue to me in terms of what this team is going to look like. Uh, they have some capable guys, and, and I think going forward, they, they really have some good young linemen in the program. So I think on a long-term basis, that position area looks pretty good. But, but how those five guys are going to play in Pro Bowl is uh, – really interesting to me and and, and it is the the linchpin of the whole operation. I mean they have to protect Tyler Huntley well and, and if they want to run the ball and just line up and pound people at times and, and not use the zone read option, which theoretically allows you to not block somebody. If they want to just hand it off to Zach or one of the other running backs, they they gotta block people and and at the and to me that they have to prove they can do it.
0: So offensively, has been their bugaboo for a many number of years now. And going forward, I'm talking about, well, Tyler Hunley, look what he did last year. Uh, look what he did last year. You know, when you look at that October, and it was good. It went 4-0, scoring 40 points every game. You look at the competition, and three of the four had losing records. Arizona, SC, and UCLA, and then Stanford had a winning record, and they were seven and five. So, how much do I really believe in him?
7: Yeah, there, there again, Tyler has a lot to prove. I, I, I do, I don't, I don't think the October is the is a really representative sample just for the, the factors you mentioned. And it's kind of funny people forget that he wasn't playing very well at Arizona State when he got hurt way through the third quarter. Uh, People kind of just dismissed that game. But, so so yeah, I think there's a lot on the table for Tyler. And and I've thought a lot about this, that it's been a long time since any senior quarterback in the state of Utah had a a truly fulfilling senior year, as as Tyler hopes to do. Either guys got hurt at some point, or, or like Travis Wilson, played pretty well, but ended disappointingly with some November losses and so you got to go back to to people like uh, Max Hall and Brian Johnson to find a quarterback a decade ago who who really had a a, a fully maximized senior year and so I I think there's a lot of pressure on Tyler and I think he'll respond well in Andy Ludwig's system but again you got to prove it. And he hasn't played great in season opening games either. That would be the one asterisk going down to Pro Bowl next week.
0: Ooh, another. Another qualifier to look at. <laughs> Playing well in season openers. I
7: hadn't thought about that. That's what that. I'm all
0: about. Yeah, I hadn't That's thought about, about, about that, actually. Yeah, okay. Well, something to look forward to, not, not look forward to, but something to watch.
3: Right. I don't know that I've heard a more eye-opening quote out of the uh, – camp portion of this run-up to the opener Then when Kyle Whittingham says Jalen Dixon is one of the paraphrasing here, but he's he's as good as any deep threat in the country. Not, I, I thought he was going to say in the conference. You know, you anticipate the next word, but it was in the country. Uh, have you heard that from other people, you know, either uh, into your recorder or just, you know, quietly after practice chatting with somebody? Well,
7: I think we saw some evidence of that from, from Jalen last year. And uh, like, he would catch about one deep ball a game, and, and people have pointed out that that increased once he started playing with Jason Shelley, his high school teammate, but there were, there were moments of it earlier in the year. I, I did laugh when he had Riley Jensen on last week, and he thought it was totally a case of Whittingham just wanting defensive coordinators to hear those words and prepare for having a deep threat so he can line up and run the ball. And not have to worry about uh, safety coming up, but but yeah, Jalen can run, and uh, and I, I think the other part of his game that people have talked about, Britton Covey mentioned this, is that he's becoming a more all-around receiver, not just a guy who who goes deep, and uh, so, yeah, the re- the receivers are the, the the second most interesting part of the offense behind the offensive line. I I just wonder which of those guys is going to catch more than three passes a game, and uh, we'll see who really emerges.
0: Yeah, I actually thought Andy Ludwig's comment was better than Kyle saying he's one of the best deep threats in the country when Andy Ludwig said that this young man is developing himself into a full-time receiver, which is far more important because how many bombs you're going to hit throughout the course of a game as opposed to, you know, the regular passes that pick up first downs and get you 15, 20 yards. So – I was more encouraged about that. And Dixon seems like a great kid, so I wish him nothing but success. I wanted to ask you maybe a little bit more of an overview. You look at Utah, and there's so much positivity. There's no doubt about that. How much of that positivity is based on their team being really good as opposed to the South being at best average, if not worse?
7: Yeah, I think the the two kind of do – come together but but I just think I go back to I remember writing about this last year as the season was evolving that started to look at it and say this team is really positioned to be very good in 2019 then there are there are some disclaimers I, I I can't just go down one track you know me because I, I do think back to how well Cody Barton and Chase Hansen and guys like that played last year and their impact will be missed but but yeah, just from a personnel standpoint, it, it's it's almost weird how how it's all kind of lined up in twenty nineteen, and and especially with the the NFL prospects all coming back. I mean, I, I I think at this time last year, none of us would have figured Zach Moss would still be in the program, and you wondered about bo and and Nye, even Blackman, and so obviously. Moss's injury last year kind of was a, a blessing in that sense that it ended up being one of the factors that brought him back. And but yeah, just to, to go from having nine senior starters last year and then having all the underclassmen come back, it just just kind of just converged uh, in Utah's favor in 2019 to, to potentially be very good.
3: So you've watched them for a long time. Number one, does it surprise you to see them this big? And number two, does it feel like they're just set up for, uh, for the fall here? Or we're living in the past, embrace the future. They're, they're in a different different place.
7: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's been kind of fun to monitor the, the fan base this summer. I, th- I think you have a percentage of, of fans who – who love everything that's being said about their team nationally. You have a percentage that are totally paranoid and just makes them feel worse and, like you say, set up for the fall. But there there really isn't a, a historical precedent for a Utah team being built up and failing, Uh Mostly because they're like I say, they, there's only been two times in history that they've been ranked in the AP preseason top 25, and uh, one of those was, was 2004 when they obviously had a great year, and and that was the all-time setup to fail executed by Urban Meyer himself, who participated in this promotional campaign of "You ain't seen nothing yet." Of a and, baby. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, Randy Bachman and the boys uh, got some play out of that, but point being, it was true. There was there was new material that took them to new heights, and so you can't say that that example was uh, a case of, of Utah not living up to the hype. Although hype probably wasn't used as much as it was. Or is now 15 years ago but anyway it's funny funny how that word has taken on a life of its own now and then in in 9 they were ranked in the top 25 mostly because of what the o8 team did but that team went 10 and three so it's not like it crumbled or something so so I, I guess fans were kind of just soured by what's happened in a lot of Novembers uh again going back to the Travis Wilson year when they were and ranked number 3 and ended up losing three conference games and and not winning the South outright. So there's been some cases of in-season letdowns, but there is no historical evidence of a preseason letdown, if that makes sense.
0: So the dawn of the new year, 2020, what state on January 1, 2020, are you going to wake up in?
7: California, but it, that allows me to hedge. is uh, <laughs> the answer.
0: I thought you might like a state of confusion, wildly hungover, <laughs> any number of things. You know, I, I yeah, didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean a literal state. You took it that way, so you'll yeah, go California I, yeah, with all sorts of wiggle room there.
7: I, I'm, I'm a literal person, but yeah, it uh, <laughs> could, could be uh, San Diego. Could be Pasadena. Okay.
0: So if it's not. Pasadena, would you consider this season a disappointment
7: uh, no I, I, I think the i think the benchmark is getting to the championship game again and then if uh if you if you lose to a good washington or oregon team and again depending on the circumstances, if you if you lose ten to three again that's probably a disappointment there's a lot of uh qualifications again but but i i don't see how it could be rose bowl or bust i yeah, i just think yeah, that's I,
0: pretty see, high I, I know it's a high standard but when you're looking at how positive everybody has been and and frankly it's made me a little uncomfortable i'm not used to so much positivity as you know and you look at the south and the best of south, the south the challenger is picked go six and six come on man you you want to start printing, Pac-12 title game tickets now? I mean, that's almost a given. They're right up there with Clemson as far as the easiest path to their conference title game.
7: Right. No. I. I. I again, I'll, I'll go along with the fact that they they do need to be playing in Santa Clara on December seventh. I think anything less than that would be disappointing. But Washington Oregon are good teams, and but but. but, but Obviously, there's a lot to be determined between now and then. Maybe Washington and Oregon both go six and three. So then, so at that point, I would agree with you. And now let me throw out one more possibility that people really haven't talked about. The Utes are in a place where they they could actually lose a championship game, still go to a New Year's Six game. Sure. It wouldn't be the Rose Bowl, but I, I think that would be a huge advancement.
1: Okay. Yeah. Again, Oregon,
3: Oregon smokes Auburn, has an awesome season, goes to the playoff, beats Utah in the Pac-12 title game, and Utah is not the conference champ, but they are in the Rose Bowl because they lost the Pac-12 title game.
0: Yeah, but that's yeah, exactly. that, but that's getting that that doesn't count because that puts them in. So it's a, it, that's a successful season. We're talking about if they don't play in the Rose Bowl, is it a disappointment? If they play in the Rose Bowl, no matter how they get there, we've already established that's a, a successful season.
7: Yeah, I'm just saying if you play in the Cotton Bowl, that's that's almost as good as the Rose Bowl. Maybe not.
0: Ooh, the, uh, you might want to back that
7: rough. up. Back that up.
0: Almost rough. as good as the. Let me tell you something, Kurt. There is nothing <laughs> almost as good as the Rose Bowl. So you, I'll give you three, two, one to retract that. <laughs> <laughs>
7: am uh, I'm I'm just saying if you get to a New Year's Six game for the it, first time in, in nice. the It's nice. It's nice
0: But there's not right. anything that's almost as uh, there there is no New Year's Six Bowl that is almost as nice as the Rose Bowl. I'm not going there, nor will All I right. ever go there. It's All simply right. the I'll, granddaddy,
7: Kurt. i I'll, I'll back I'll back down. Okay. I'll step off.
0: not saying that those others aren't nice because I agree with you they are
3: but come on okay holy
7: freak I've been been put in my place again
3: (laughs) so what if they win the conference and go to the fiesta bowl because that's where that's a playoff game this year right and they don't get to experience the gloriousness of the grand yeah but you'll take the playoff I understand that it's not about the fiesta bowl it's the playoff would you feel cheated personally for Ute fans no I, uh,
7: yeah the, uh, what, what a conversation to be happening I know it's weird right
3: college
0: football We I mean, thought got to
7: be 3-6 in the Pac-12 two years ago and now, now we're saying we're going to be disappointed that they went to the playoff instead of the Rose Bowl <laughs> no
0: you wouldn't you would
3: not but it's not the bowl game it's the playoff right I understand it's just the nature of college football changing over the last decade
7: yeah exactly
3: no, that would be a phenomenal season, yeah.
0: Tip my hat and say, way to go. You, you've you achieved your goals. And if they get to the Rose Bowl, I would say you achieved your goals. Certainly, if you got to the playoff, I would say you've achieved your goals. But I think there's something to be said. for You can't have all this hype and then not achieve it and say, well, that's okay. Nine you still
3: get a trophy. Nine and three, SC wins the division because Clay Helton puts it all together. Then it's a disappointment. And Kirk Krackert wakes up in El Paso after a Sun Bowl. Oh, I think he refuses to go. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: said California. He's waking up in California. He's not waking up in El Paso. He's like
3: some mob movie and he ends up in the Tribune like stuffing the plane ticket into Joe Baird's face. He said, I'm
0: waking up in California. Now it's up to these guys to come through. So I expect him January 1 to be waking up in California.
3: Yeah, he uh, might be I in El Centro too. for some reason, but he'll wake <laughs> up in
0: California.
3: <laughs> they go to the Vegas Bowl, and Kurt goes on to an El Centro vacation after the game. <laughs> but the weather's
0: nice that time of year.
7: It's warm. Uh, the, you know, the bottom line is, on August 19th, there are a lot of possibilities for this season. And uh, as, as tempting as I am to just fast-forward the calendar to January 1st and see where I am, I I, I think it's just going to be fun to see it all play out.
0: Yeah, I agree. It always is. This season
3: should even be more fun. Well, Kurt, it's, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Okay. Thanks for joining us. As and always. We, okay. will, uh, we will follow you uh, at SLTrib.com. We will uh, pay to have the thing delivered in our driveway or online. or Maybe we'll just go to Trib Kurt and just get the headlines and the pithiest takes. Whatever it takes. Okay, all right. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you. There's Kurt Cragthorpe from the Salt Lake Tribune covering the University of Utah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines on the way. Next.